Well, church, what I want to do this morning, once again, before we start our new journey, is uh, I'm doing a follow-up this morning because I've been asked some questions following our, our deeper journey where we focused on going deeper into the Holy Spirit. Since then, we've been talking about being baptized, and it's been so exciting week after week to see people uh, getting baptized. I've had more trips to the swimming pool in the last couple of weeks than uh, in the last year. It's been very exciting to see people responding. But with it has come a couple of questions, especially around this area of baptism. And so what I thought of doing this morning is just take you through some of them. I want to focus on some baptism questions this morning. And hopefully next week, the Lord willing, I want to focus on a few repentance questions as well. What does it really mean to repent? And so you might be baptized already and, and think, oh, you can switch off. Don't switch off because I think you might get some surprises out of what I talk about this morning. So let's dig in. The big question is, and someone came to me this week and asked me this exact question. They said, do you have to be baptized to receive the Holy Spirit? We've just done a whole journey all about the Holy Spirit and, and the power of the Holy Spirit at work inside of our lives. And, and we've been pointing at this scripture in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, I mean, it seems to me quite clear. You, you repent, you get baptized, and then you receive the Holy Spirit. So fair question. So that means if I'm not baptized, don't I get the Holy Spirit? And the uh, person who came to, to ask me the question, and I really loved the question. We had a great discussion. Because he said, Brent, I, I disagree. Because I've got a testimony of years of walking with Jesus and knowing the power of the Holy Spirit inside of my life. I've seen the effect of him changing me and transforming me. He gave an amazing testimony of, of coming to a place of being able to forgive. One of those long-standing things that you've held on, you know, that go right back to your childhood when there's been such hurt. And yet, I know it was the Holy Spirit who helped me forgive and release. I know the Holy Spirit is at work inside of me but I've never been baptized. And so I actually began to think about my own testimony. I gave my life to Jesus. I remember the day clearly. It was the 19th of August, 1989. I know that was a very long time ago. I gave my life to Jesus on that day, and uh, I went to my mom. And mom, maybe you're watching. Maybe you'll remember this online. I went to my mom. I said, hey, mom, I've given my life to Jesus. I want to get baptized. And, and she said, no. I'm like, hello. She said, son, you're going through another of your phases. <laughs> this is your religious phase. It'll soon wear off. <laughs> and so if you still want to be baptized in a year's time, then come and talk to me. I was like, yeah, okay. And so that's exactly what happened. A year later, by which time now I already knew I wanted to go into ministry, I said, mom, now I want to get baptized. And she said, brilliant. And I got baptized and then she got baptized a few months later. But it made me reflect on the fact, but, but that's true then because I got baptized and I knew I could see the effect and the work of the Holy Spirit inside of my life, changing my character, my desires, my calling. It seems like there was so much change that can only be the Holy Spirit. And yet the Bible says, repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. So it's a great question. Let's come back to it. So do you need to be baptized to receive the Holy Spirit? And the definitive answer is yes. But notice what it said. It said, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. So sometimes when we hear baptism, we straight away think of the swimming pool. It didn't say, repent and be baptized in water. 
and receive the Holy Spirit. It said, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So we do have to be baptized in the name of Jesus. This is a spiritual baptism which actually precedes water baptism. In fact, it's similar to another question. If you had to ask me this question, Pastor, do you need to be baptized to be saved? What's the answer? Yes, you do, because the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 16, verse 16, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. But remember this, what happened to the thief on the cross? He was right next to Jesus. And in that moment, he realized this Jesus, this is the Son of God. And and he cries out and he says, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus looks at him and he says, today you will be with me in paradise. Sounds like he got saved, doesn't it? But was he ever baptized in water? Not, but we know then he must have been baptized into Jesus in that moment. So once again, in our minds, we need to separate the difference between being baptized spiritually, baptized in the name of Jesus, is different to being baptized in water. Does that make sense? So why then do we need to be baptized to be saved? Why do we need to be baptized to receive the Holy Spirit? Well, many of you, if you've been around the swimming pool, would have heard me read the scripture many times, but it's so important that theologically from scripture, we understand the power of spiritual baptism. In Romans chapter six, verses three to five, it says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, remember, it didn't say water there, it says who were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him. No, it it said baptized, now it says united. So what does that tell us? It tells that baptism is the process of uniting us, joining together, like the covenant, like marriage, the two become one flesh, the two being baptized into Jesus means being united with Christ. It says, for we, if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. So now you can see, baptism unites us with Christ. So why do we have to be baptized to be saved? Well, Baptism joins you to his death. And remember, are you such a blessing? Thanks, Francois. Remember what um, the Bible says, the wages of sin is death. In other words, anybody here sinned before? Yes, you are sitting next to a sinner. I just want to tell you, unequivocally, you are. So the reality is every one of us has a sentence of death over our lives. The wages, the payment of sin is death. The beauty of being baptized into Christ, it says you have been united to his death. And that's why we can be saved because God who is just, he's the just judge, he's loving, but he's just. And so he still demands a death for your sin. But if you have been baptized into Jesus Christ, you've been baptized into his death, his death counts against your sin. That's our salvation. It says we've been united with him in his death, in his burial. 
burial, and sadly we're doing a funeral and a burial today has been a tragic week in terms of that. But a burial then means this is your final place of resting. The old has gone, the new has come. We don't wanna take the old life of sin and try and upgrade it into the kingdom. No, no, we are born again into the kingdom. And there's no born again without a burial. My old is, my past is gone, the new has come. We are united with his death, with his burial, and with his resurrection. Jesus was resurrected from the dead because death could not hold him. Remember, the wages of sin, the payment of sin is death, but Jesus himself had no sin. So yes, the Father had put the punishment for sin upon Jesus, but Jesus himself was absolutely sinless. And I love it. The Bible said death could not keep its hold on Jesus. I picture in my mind, almost, you know, trying to grab someone, if there's oil all over your hands and you're slipping, trying to grab something, death could not keep a hold on Jesus because he was sinless. And so the Father, with all righteousness and justice, could raise Jesus from the dead as proof that he was sinless, so his death was not for himself and his sin, it was for our sin. And because the Father raised him, we who are united can have eternal life as well. Amen? That's why... We need to be baptized into Jesus to receive salvation. In exactly the same way, how could the Holy Spirit come and dwell in unholy me? But if I've been baptized into Jesus, his blood, and we've just shared the breaking of bread, his blood sanctifies, it makes me holy. Just like in the Old Testament, they had to sprinkle blood on everything in the temple to make it holy. Jesus' blood makes me holy so that in Jesus, I can now become a temple, a residence for the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of me. Does that make sense? We need to understand in our minds the difference between spiritual baptism and water baptism. Which then leaves us the question, so then why should I be baptized in water? Great question. If spiritual baptism is enough, well... Jesus said this in Acts chapter one and verse eight, that famous verse, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witness. In other words, now that you are a vessel washed, cleansed, sanctified by the power of Jesus, he's empowering you by his Holy Spirit to be a witness to the world. This is your new calling for each one of us who followers of Jesus, our primary calling, we live out on earth to glorify God by being a witness to the world. And guess what a great first step of witness then is? To publicly show the world I'm standing for Jesus. And water baptism is an outward symbol and sign. It's a witness, not just to the physical world, but to the spiritual world as well, that I belong to Jesus. The calling on the life of a follower of Jesus is to be a witness for Jesus. So you put your faith in Jesus and show you have faith by repenting of your sin and making Jesus Lord of your life. This is the baptism into the name of Jesus. When you have been born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, now we're publicly baptized as a witness to the world and to the heavenlies. I want to notice as well that baptism is also part of the discipleship process. Remember when Jesus gave the great commission to the church in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, 
It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So now is the spiritual baptism. There's a water baptism. But now I believe what Jesus was commissioning the church is not just an event at the swimming pool, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but actually as part of our discipleship journey, our lives, the process of our lives should be a deeper and deeper baptism or immersion into who our heavenly Father is, who Jesus is, and who the Holy Spirit is. I've loved hearing testimonies of people coming out of our deeper journey saying, I've never thought of the Holy Spirit like that. I've never understood how we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. What's been happening is you have been being baptized deeper and deeper in an understanding of the Holy Spirit in your life. This is why we love doing believers training, which kicks off in a couple of weeks' time. This is why as we preach, we want to be discipling people deeper and deeper, immersed in our understanding of who our God is. So, baptism is primarily spiritual in the name of Jesus. It's in water as a witness of your new life and as the process of discipleship to maturity. One more question that I want to ask in terms of water baptism, though, is what happens after you get baptized? And I want to say this because I never want people to put up their hand and come and say, oh, please baptize me because of an emotional response. Now, sometimes you can hear the gospel, you can see other people getting baptized and it's, we're celebrating <coughs> around the swimming pool and you might think, here am I, I want, to, I want you to know what happens when you say, yes, Lord, and you're baptized into Christ and it becomes a public thing because Jesus, once again, is our glorious model. So look what happens. Matthew chapter 3, 16 to 4 verse one, it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love with him. I'm well pleased. What a great celebration. And this is a moment we celebrated at the swimming pool. This is one of those spiritual mountaintop experiences. We say, yes, Lord. And we take a photo and it's glorious, but read the next verse. Chapter four, verse one. Then, say then. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now say amen. (laughs) See, sometimes we think like, yay, I've been baptized from here on and it's plain sailing. No, it's probably desert sailing. You see, now, remember what happened? The Israelites, they came out of Egypt, picture of salvation, wanting to get them into the promised land, fulfill the calling, the promises of God in your life. But in between, was the desert. In the desert, God used it to teach them and train them and mold them to be effective in the promised land. Jesus gets baptized and it says the Holy Spirit, it wasn't the devil that led him into the desert, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the desert to be tested. Now listen, here's the good news. In Luke chapter four and verse 14, it says now after 40 days, Jesus comes out of the desert, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. You see, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. He endured 40 days of temptation. 
There were areas of his appetites. Why don't you turn this bread? I mean, he stones it. No, no, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. His motivations were tempted. Why don't you just worship me, says Satan, and I'll give you all this. No, I worship the Father only. The word of God was tested in his life. Why don't you jump off this temple? The Bible says God will catch you. No, I'm not here to test God. I'm here to obey God. And in that process, he overcame tell people we don't get to choose whether we go into the desert or not. We just get to choose how long we stay in the deserts. You see, the, the Israelites were 40 years in the desert. Jesus was 40 days in the desert. So we're not gonna choose. All of us will go through seasons of testing by the Holy Spirit. This is not punishment. This is preparation for calling. This is preparation to fulfill the ministry that God has for you. And to get you filled and empowered with the Spirit, we've gotta learn to overcome, to put the things of God above the things of the flesh, to choose Jesus as Lord and not the idols of our heart. Make sense? So that means when we put up our hand and we say, yes, I wanna get baptized, brilliant. But remember, that means now, not just a spiritual, emotional experience, it means following Jesus, which is gonna include going through a desert, walking to a place of maturity. Amen. Amen. Let me then ask one more question, which now focuses more on the Holy Spirit. Is baptism into the name of Jesus the same as baptism in the Holy Spirit? And the answer to that is no. They are two different things. The big idea though that I want us to grab hold of is when we choose to get baptized into the name of Jesus, it's Jesus who chooses to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. That's important. Listen to what it says in Luke chapter three, verses 16. John the baptizer, he answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So who baptizes people in the Holy Spirit? Jesus, that's his ministry, that's what he does. So the more we are baptized, surrendered, yielded, immersed in Jesus, it seems the more he baptizes us into the name and power of the Holy Spirit. The best way to pursue a greater baptism in the Holy Spirit is to pursue a deeper baptism in Jesus. Now, it's interesting that Jesus uses people to baptize people in water. It's one of my great privileges and joys. And, and uh, if you've never baptized someone in water, I pray that you would get involved and start discipling people because we as a church, we're trusting and believing that it's not the pastor's job to baptize people. It's a disciple's job because we're all commissioned to make disciples and part of that is baptizing them. And it's an amazing joy baptizing people and celebrating that moment. But it's interesting, God uses people to baptize people in the water. It also seems that God uses, Jesus uses people in the baptism of the Holy Spirit through the laying on of hands. It's almost like the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts chapter two and they were full, the apostles were filled with the Holy Spirit and then they went and laid hand on others who laid hands on others who laid hands on others and here we are. It's almost like if you've been to one of the carols by candlelight services and, and someone gets their candle lit and, and then they light the people around them who light the people around them. It seems that through the laying on of hands, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is passed from one to another. 
Let me give you an example. Acts chapter 8 and verses 15 to 17. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And I read that and I'm like, why didn't they? Why is it that they were Christians, they've given their life to Jesus, they've been baptized, and yet they didn't receive this baptism in the Holy Spirit? And the simple answer is because they hadn't heard about him. And, and it had happened before. Have a look in Acts chapter 19. It says, when Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked then, what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. So in other words, you're gonna receive according to your faith, which is why in many denominations, I'm not saying right or wrong, well, kind of, um, uh, if, if, if you don't believe in the Holy Spirit and the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you're not gonna walk in the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But as you read in scripture, I mean, these early uh, disciples, Philip went and preached. He preached, Jesus forgives sins, Jesus forgives sins, and people turned to Jesus. Apollos preached, Jesus forgives sins. They turned to Jesus, but because they didn't teach the people about the Holy Spirit, there was no faith to receive the filling of the Holy Spirit. Friends, that's why we've done this journey about deeper. And for many of you, it's been something new. For many of you, it's put a hunger inside of you. And Jesus said, let it be done to you according to your faith. So now we can trust God more and more. Lord, I want a greater baptism in your Holy Spirit so that we can <laughs> live more as a witness, more powerfully for Jesus. So baptism in the Holy Spirit requires baptism in the name of Jesus and faith for Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. I remember thinking back on my journey because I heard about the Holy Spirit, but I'm a bit of a nerd, so I want to go and do my own research, and so I got a book. Engineers, we do read books sometimes. <clears throat> and so uh, I got a book called The Holy Spirit and You. I mean, come on. <laughs> And I remember reading about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and what is this gift of learning to speak in new tongues and, and the spiritual gifts. And I began praying, Lord, I want this. And I wanna encourage you, that's a great place to start. We've been through this deeper journey where we've spoken about living with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's given you gifts. He's anointed us with power. Now go after it. And I, I'm not... I've never been one of those touchy-feely kind of people. I never had one of those emotional type encounters where I shook and fell down. Some of you have had that. Personally, I haven't. But I know that I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And as I began to pray, Lord, I want to now begin to operate, not just for me to enjoy the Holy Spirit, but I want the Holy Spirit to use me. I want you to give me this gift of tongues. And, and because I'm shy, I was like by myself in private. Lord, I don't want to, and I began to pray and, and I felt the God begin to give me some words to begin to speak. And as I was obedient, even though I felt foolish, it's like the tap was turned on and the Holy Spirit began to move more in my life. I want to say all of that because I don't want us to leave that deeper journey 
with you still empty on the inside. We can have the Holy Spirit, but we want to be baptized in a greater and greater level of the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? So church, let me leave you with this is the conclusion. We can be baptized spiritually without being baptized in water. What's more frightening is that we can be baptized in water without being baptized spiritually. Does that make sense? In other words, you've gone through the ceremony, but your heart was never fully yielded, surrendered, and united with Christ. And to me, that's a terrifying thought. I would hate that any one of us, part of the church, would ever, yes, I've been baptized in water, but the real question, have you been spiritually baptized in Christ? Have you been immersed in Jesus? You've put your faith and trust in him. You've surrendered to his lordship. You've allowed him to wash you and cleanse you and to make you new on the inside. That swimming pool water doesn't change you. The power of Jesus changes you. Does that make sense? And then secondly, we can be baptized in the Holy Spirit without being water baptized, and we can be baptized without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that terrifies me. Thinking to myself, I would hate to try and live this Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit inside of me. Because Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, it's a daily journey. I pray in the morning on my knees, but for the rest of the day, Holy Spirit, I need you. What should I do? How should I do this? There's a fellowship and a journey and a desperation to walk in step with the Holy Spirit. How would we overcome sin? How would we find answers and strength if we were not partnering with the Holy Spirit all day? So so you can be a lover of Jesus and yet not receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so I wanna offer once again, church, if you're here this morning, You've been baptized spiritually in Jesus' name, but you would like to be baptized in water? Come and chat to us. In the rain, in the cold, anytime. We will do it because it's in the Bible. Immediately, they were baptized. If you've never been baptized in Christ, never united with Jesus, his death, his burial, his resurrection, then that's the most important one, and we would love to pray with you today. If you've never received or you're unsure about your baptism in the Holy Spirit or longing for a greater baptism in the Holy Spirit, then we would love to lay our hands on you and trust together for a greater impartation and a filling. And we would gladly do all of those right now at the end of this meeting. I hope that answers some of your questions. That's been a little bit different this morning, but hopefully it's been practical and hopefully it's answered some of the questions. And uh, so now, won't you stand with me, please? If you do have further questions, you're welcome to come and chat with me or chat with one of the elders or with your connect group leader. At Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the privilege of what it means to be baptized into the name of Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your death, for your burial, and for your resurrection. Thank you, Jesus, because of that, you now baptize us in the power of your Holy Spirit. And Father, we want to be a people who take you at your word, who live by your promises, and live full of the Holy Spirit. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and nudge us, prod us. Holy Spirit, we want people to leave with fullness and with peace. And so Holy Spirit, if, if there's anybody here right now who's not baptized into the name of Jesus for salvation, I pray 
that you would prod their heart right now. And friends, maybe you are here with the eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning. And as I've been saying this, you suddenly, I, I, am I really baptized in the name of Jesus? Have I really given my life to Jesus Christ for salvation? So if you are here this morning and you would like to be baptized into the name of Jesus, a salvation step, why don't you put up your hand right now? Just thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can put it down once you put it up. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm gonna pray a simple prayer. I'm gonna ask these gentlemen to, to pray as well, but I want the rest of us to pray it because and, and, maybe there might be some others and you're wrestling on the inside. So let's pray it out loud. We haven't done this for a long time. Let's say this. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you loved us so much that you sent him to die for us. And today, Lord Jesus, I call you Lord. I surrender my life to you. I ask you to be Lord of my life. Please forgive me of my sin. As I turn from my sin and become a follower of you. Will you baptize me into you, Jesus? Will you fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live for your glory? Thank you, Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you've never made the choice. I want my life to be a witness for Jesus. You've given your life to Christ, but you've never gone into that swimming pool as the, the step of witnessing that I am a follower of Christ. And if that's you, I invite you. You can come and chat to me. Run straight afterwards. Come and chat to me. And we'll happily baptize you today. Maybe you're here and you're still unsure about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus who baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. We choose to be baptized into Christ. He chooses to baptize us with his Holy Spirit. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you'd like one of us to lay hands on you and pray for a greater filling, we'd happily do that right now as well. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your amazing goodness. Thank you that as we go, we can go knowing the gracious hand of our God rests upon us in Jesus' name. Amen.